And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach, Craig Rube, reached out as well and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear. Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Hello LA Kings fans and welcome to episode 17 of season 2 of the Kings Den as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us here for episode 17 of season 2 of the Kings Den. We have a lot to talk about in this episode of the Kings Den, the official podcast of the LA Kings here on the Hockey Podcast Network. But you know what? We're just at the end of January. It's February 1st as as you're listening to this. Hockey's going on. Basketball's going on. It's so nice to have all the sports back. Baseball's around the corner. And you know what else is happening next Sunday? The Super Bowl. The moment you've all been waiting for. And you know who's here to help you with that? 
DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, as they are bringing back the golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. This is free money. Instant prize up to $25,000. All you have to, and if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score first, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Another very popular one that everyone goes nuts for every year is what Gatorade color is going to get dumped on the coach that wins. That's always a great one as well. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the $55 million Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing, so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for your details, and if you or anyone you know has a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here we go. Episode 17, Season 2 of the Kings. And thank you very much to our partners at DraftKings for sponsoring everyone here at the Hockey Podcast Network. They're a great partnership and we're very lucky to have them on board. Episode 17, Season 2 of the Kings. And one game to talk about of for about your LA Kings. A tough loss to the Minnesota Wild the other night on Thursday night. A, six, a 5-3 loss to the Minnesota Wild. You know, a slow start just cost them and then they, then they tried to play catch-up all game and it just didn't happen for the LA Kings on this night and but before we get to this we do have a guest later in the episode as well so we'll get to that in a minute but let's go over this game first before even the game started tough start for the LA Kings as Andreas Athanasiu didn't play in this game because he got put on the COVID list not to be sure it sounds like he didn't have COVID he doesn't have COVID because then the game would have got cancelled I was kind of curious about that, but he is put on the COVID reserve list, so there's a possibility he can have it, but again, interesting game didn't get cancelled, so we'll see what happens there, but Athens, you not playing in this game, Austin Wagner gets inserted in, and because it was so last minute, he just gets right inserted into Athens, spot, so Wagner started the game with Lazat and Jeff Carter, there was some line switching in this game, but again, just a tough start for your LA Kings. They were down 3-0 after the first period. Only had 6 shots in the first period. So it was a very tough start. Yeah, just outshot 10-6 in the first period. Tough start. Uh, goals by Johansson, Fiala, and Kaprizov in the first period. All 5-on-5 five five even strength goals. One just 3.5 minutes in. And then there was 2 goals in about 4 minutes. The second and third goals were about 4 minutes apart from each other. Just a tough period for your LA Kings you know you just can't have slow starts like that and it was a struggle and there was I'll tell you what there's a lot of penalties in this game as well and that that actually didn't cost the Kings that much as they were a perfect 4 for 4 on the penalty kill in this game it was Minnesota that actually had the penalty trouble we'll get to that in a second but yeah down 3 nothing after the first just six shots in the first that can't happen just a tough tough start for the LA Kings but you know they tried to bounce back after being down 3 nothing in the first they come back just 
Three minutes and 19 seconds in to the second period, Dustin Brown, his third of the year on the power play, a deflection from Kopitar and Drew Doughty made it 3-1. to one. Drew Doughty was all over the ice in this game. We'll get to that as well because of circumstances in the game. That's why well, he, al- he always is anyways, but you get what I'm saying. Just six minutes later, Doughty actually scores his third of the year on a howitzer by him. Just no thinking puck came to him. He just ripped it. Plus, Kalkinen makes it 3-2 at the time. Again, Doughty's 30 of the year from Kopitar. Alan Amadio, Kopitar's 11th assist of the year. That made it 3-2 at the time. But with just a minute and a half left, you know, Kings were playing better in the second period. And the thing was, you're getting to about five minutes left in the second period. And your thought as the Kings is, we have to go into the period like this or better. We've had a good period. We're down one. We have to go into the intermission. Still down one. Or tied, or even take the lead. That unfortunately didn't happen as Buksad scores his second of the year for Minnesota to make it four to two with just a minute and around twenty seconds left in the period. So tough break for the Kings there as they're down four to two going into the third period. In this second, in this period, b- both happened in the second period. Actually, scary moment. First of all, this is why it was so tough for the LA Kings in this game as well, losing two defensemen in the second period. Two of your best defense. And first of all, Matt Roy hit from behind. Just a dirty hit by Kevin Fiala. Fiala actually got suspended three games for that, as he should be. Just, you know, hit Roy right in the numbers. Hammered his face on the boards. We don't know how long Matt Roy is going to be out for yet. But it was just a dirty hit that cannot happen. And the NHL player safety, there's been a few things that I haven't got right this year. But this one, they got right a three-game suspension for Kevin Fiala. As he just hit Roy right in the numbers and you just can't do that and you know it's it's the right call that was the right call you just cannot do that in the game today it's it was a dangerous play Roy was down for a while they got him up they got him off the ice but that's just a play that can't happen dangerous play it just can not happen also in the period uh Minnesota I believe it was on the power play Matt Dumba gets a one-timer chance just absolutely a how it's this thing hits Sean Walker right in the face like right in the nose there, there's a photo of it going around it's ugly just didn't get the visor or anything just straight in the face his walker's face is all bruised up so it's interesting to see uh what's going to happen we'll get to roy and walker in a second but that's a huge when you lose two defensemen in a game let alone two of your better defensemen in a game that really hurt so the Kings were down to four defensemen for the third period. Tough go. It's really tough when you're down to four defensemen in any game. And especially, again, like I said, when you lose two of your top guys. So Roy and Walker were out for the third period. And that's why Drew Doughty was just a beast in this game. He had the goal. He had the assist. He was the third star. He played over 30 minutes. He actually leads NHL in ice time right now, which you can believe. He's done that a lot in a Kings jersey over his career. Yeah, Doughty was 32 minutes and 21 seconds of ice time on Thursday night's game, in Thursday night's game against the Minnesota Wild. So you can just see he was really filling in the role on this or for the uh, for the Kings in this game, especially when you're down two four defensemen. But yeah, tough goal for the other Kings. So then you get to the third period. Wild make it five to two. Uh, Erisonek, his fifth of the year, four and a half minutes in to the uh, third period. Sorry, make makes it a three goal lead, five to two. It was uh, Jonathan Quick in this game again. 
allowing five goals on 28 shots. But the, you know what? The Kings, they never gave up. They never give up this team. They always are trying to get back into the game. Just a few minutes later with about half the period to go, Alex, Alex Iafalo scored his second of the year from Dustin Brown and Kale Clegg. This was a howitzer. This just Iafalo just stepped into this one and ripped it to make it. To make it five to three at the time, but that as that is as close as your LA Kings would come as they drop this game to the Minnesota Wild five to three. A positive about this game is the negative is the first period. A positive about this game, yeah, only six shots in the first period, fifteen in the second, fourteen in the third. They were trying to get back into this game. They were getting close to get them back in this game. Minnesota was actually doing everything they can to lose this game. It seemed Minnesota had. 32 minutes in penalties, including down in the final minute. Final minute, Minnesota's down by two. Or final two minutes, Minnesota's down by two. And the goalie, Kalkinen, just sends one into the stands for a delayed game penalty. And this thing wasn't even close. He absolutely sent this thing. It was like, I couldn't believe it when he did it. But the Kings did everything they could. But Minnesota did a good job of shutting the Kings down late in the game. A pos- another positive of this game... You can say you can look at the numbers and be like, "Oh, LA went two for seven on the power play. They were set. There were seven opp- opportunities. Two of the goals were on the power play, and Ayafalo's goal happened right after a power play expired. So the power play actually had a really good night for the LA Kings on this night. They were putting great pressure on the Kings, and to do it on a night where you don't have Athanasiu, who's like kind of one of, one of your guys, that's it's nice to see that everyone else can still fill in the role. And as I see Carl Gunst. Grundstrom getting some time. He was playing on the first unit power play for a bit, and that was nice to see as well. It's nice to see some of these young guys getting a chance. But you know, tough loss. LA loses five to three to the Minnesota Wild on Thursday night. And honestly, the best thing for them was this four is this four day break. As they're on a four day break right now, they don't play again until Tuesday against Anaheim. We'll get to that in a minute. But just to some finishing thoughts on the game against. The Minnesota Wild, just quickly, just some thoughts about the game. Obviously, you know how I like to run through the quotes and stuff like that. Uh, Just on the difficulty of losing two of your best defensemen on a game and Sean Walker and Matt Roy, uh, head coach Tom McClellan said when it comes to refocusing after scary moments like both the entries, he says, never mind one, but two in one night, it affects everybody. I thought we tried to rally around it. It began with, we weren't very good. Before Roy Roisey got hit, then we started to wake up and play a little bit more. When Walks took the shot again, we talked about it, and the guys wanted to play for them. For them, I thought we played harder after we lost the two guys than we did before. But emotionally, it takes a lot out of a group to see two teammates leave like that, and it's true. Like seeing two teammates lose to injuries, especially two of your better defensemen again, that's really tough to see, and it's tough break for the LA Kings. Again, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like on Tuesday. But again, we'll get to that in a second because just. On chasing the game with a short bench, uh, head coach Tom McClellan went on to say, we didn't play well in the first period. That was pretty evident. The second and the fifth goals for me, they're so preventable. We had an empty net. We missed the net with one shot, and then the D-man shoots it into somebody else for a breakaway. I don't know if the goal would have counted due to goalie interference, but at least let's put them in the situation to make the call. We didn't on either of those, and it was our... And it was in our net after a breakaway. So that one was really frustrating to see. The fifth one, we're crawling back into the game. And we just give the puck away for nothing. And it's in our net. Those are frustrating goals against. They're completely preventable. And they're not even really forced mistakes. 
you're not even in a really stressful situation. You just make bad decisions. We've got to get that out of our game if we want to have any type of success. As far as coming back, short-staffed, especially on the back end, you can see at the, at the end the guys were bagged. Not a lot left in the tank. You, you play the hand you're dealt, and we weren't dealt a very good one tonight. We'll regroup and get better. So obviously true. Obviously, you're down to four defensemen. Drew Doughty has to play 32 minutes, which he's kind of used to, but 32 minutes is still a hell of a lot. And honestly, the four-day break is everything the Kings needed and more when you lose two defensemen, when you have guys on the COVID list, you Doughty can get some rest. All these guys can get some rest for sure. So so then speaking of that, the game's over. LA loses 5-3. to three. It comes out on Friday that now... Blake Lazat is joining Athanasio on the COVID list. So now two-thirds of one line is on the COVID list. You're down four regulars now in Lazat, Athanasio, Roy, and Walker. But just back to Athanasio and Lazat for a second. I know we don't want to see games canceled. It's shitty that we're seeing games canceled around the National Hockey League a little bit. Thankfully, it hasn't affected the Kings yet because of COVID complications. But it's just interesting to see the difference between who's on COVID protocol where it cancels a game and who's on COVID protocol where it doesn't cancel a game. It's just interesting to me to see that, for example, because to me, like, I know that there's rules set in place, stuff like that, but to me, if there's like a COVID protocol, like, maybe the game shouldn't be played just in case. That's just my two cents, so that's just interesting interesting to me to see that. But, so it sounds like because of all these changes and stuff like that, it sounds like Athanasio won't be back for Tuesday night's game. It sounds like Lazat won't be playing on Tuesday night's game. And we have no updates on Roy and Walker. So it's going to be interesting. I assume Matt Roy is going to be out a long time. But it's interesting that neither Matt Roy or Sean Walker have been placed on IR yet. So does that mean that Walker is going to be okay to play on Tuesday? His face is pretty messed up. I won't lie. Neither of them practiced today. That's what I wanted to get to. That's why I, I waited to record later in the day. Is because the Kings have practiced today. And we got some clarity to maybe, just maybe, why or what the Kings lineup will look like on Tuesday night. So again, it doesn't look like there will be Lazotte, Athanasiu, Roy, or Walker. But again, it's really interesting that neither Walker or Roy have been placed on IR yet. So maybe, just maybe, that uh, we'll see them in the lineup. But here's the thing. Let the kids play, and we might see that Tuesday night. As before practice today, forward Arthur Kaliev and defenseman Austin Strand have been recalled from the, from the Ontario Reign and assigned to the Kings taxi squad. And that means uh, Samuel Fajimo and Boko Obama have been reassigned to Ontario from the taxi squad. So Fajimo and Amama were called up to the taxi squad after Monday's game just to fill in spots. They've now been sent back down to Ontario, who is doing pretty well in the preseason, by the way. They had a good game last night. Tyler Madden, two goals. Cali have had a goal and an assist in the game. Now he gets rewarded by getting called up. So, practice. LA Kings are practicing today. Kaliev spotting on the fourth line on the right side between uh, beside Lise, Leas Anderson at center and Trevor Moore on the left. And also, welcome back Marty Furk. He got injured in training camp, hasn't skated since March 9th. He is practicing today with the LA Kings on the first line because Adrian Kempe didn't practice today. Not sure why, maybe a maintenance day, but man, it would hurt to have Kempe out of the lineup. I would, like, of course we would much rather have Kempe in the lineup than Furk. Furk, like, honestly, I, I watch this team now, 
and yeah, you can always say, oh, other guys should come in because because the team is struggling, but I don't know if I see a spot for Marty Furk on this team, except for when there's injuries and COVID protocols like this. I really don't. It's just interesting to see. But with... uh, And also Matt Luff came and skated today, which was nice as well to see that. So just looking at uh, what the lines looked like on Sunday at practice with, again, no Kempe didn't practice, no Lazat, no Athanasiu, no Walker, and no Roy. The lines looked like Kopitar centering Ayafalo and Firk, Amadio centering Wagner and Carter, Velarde centering Grunstrom and Brown, and Leah Sanderson centering Trevor Moore and Arthur Kaliev, with the extra forwards being Matt Luff and Jared Anderson Dolan. And then the defense was Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, Curtis McDermott, Kale Clegg, Ole Mata, Mark Alt, and then Strand as the seventh defenseman. And I'm also questioning why isn't Tobias Bornfoot being called up for this? I'd really like to see him get this chance. I want to see the kids play. I would have liked to see Fadjmo get his chance. But, you know, I'm glad that Kaliev's going to get his chance. It looks like he's going to get his chance on Tuesday night. And I'm very excited for that. But, again, we still have another day of practice to figure that out. So, again, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens as well. But, again, so many injuries. Such a weird time right now. I'll be honest. It's sad. I'm not very comfortable with this lineup. I don't like that our second line currently has Michael Amadio and Austin Wagner on it. But you know what? It's going to be really interesting to see where this game goes on Tuesday night. And you know, to preview the game, it's the first match of, of eight between the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks this season. And I went on the Quack Report to talk with the boys about the, about the LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks. So without further ado, I went on their podcast, but... You can listen to the interview right here on the King's Den as well right now. <laughs> All right. We uh, we now have Jordy on to uh, talk about the LA Kings with us. So a uh, little division and, and state rival here. So hopefully it doesn't get too heated. But welcome, Jordy. Thanks for coming on. Hey, th- thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. I have a feeling that we're going to do just a bunch this year. What is it? Eight, nine times the Kings and Ducks play against each other. So I'm looking forward to doing this a lot. Yeah, including that big five-game stretch that's pretty much at the end yeah. of the year, I think, end of April. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is right towards the end of the year, and it's going to be fun for sure. Yeah, that yeah. was definitely like the big thing right on that calendar. It's like, yeah, okay, both our teams aren't projected to do really well, but that's going to be a fun – it's going to be our basically our own playoff series. It is, for sure. We're going to have to do something big when we get to that or something like that. And it's kind of weird how, how the schedule works this year. I was talking to – Eastern the state of hockey about this because like we kind of like Kings and Ducks play on Tuesday and then they kind of play like here and there and then they have five in a row and it's kind of the same with the Kings against Minnesota the Kings and Minnesota series is done by the end of February like eight games done that's like you're not even done half the season yet and you're done against one opponent so it's kind of it's kind of strange to see how there's some courts in the schedule like that this season yeah yeah for sure um uh, we're right now we're not too far out of a playoff spot either both of our teams i think mm-hmm. we're we're five and six or we're tied for that fifth spot really so we're, we're kind of still in the mix and if it's like that you know come that five game series those are gonna be huge games too oh uh, absolutely for sure same record going into tonight we're, we're recording this saturday night right now the king or the ducks are down three nothing right now in the first so that's not a great start for you no. guys but yeah <laughs> it, it could 
and later in the season, it could come down to it for sure. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens between these two teams all season long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Kings, kind of a big surprise, at least for me uh, this season. I, I was just automatically putting them, you know, bottom of the barrel. And it yeah. came down to division predictions. But, you know, they've beaten, uh, they beat Chicago, or not Chicago, sorry, uh, Colorado uh, yeah. early on in the season. And didn't you guys beat St. Louis? Or have you played Yeah, St. we Louis? beat, yeah, that was, we, before the Thursday's loss, the Kings had won uh, three, out of the, three out of their last four with wins against Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnesota. So it was like a 4-2 win against Colorado for the first win of the season, a loss, then a 6-3 win against St. Louis. That was big. And then a 2-1 win against Minnesota. And then they just lost against Minnesota Thursday night. And it was costly as well. So it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like on Tuesday night for the first game between the Kings and the Ducks. It's going to be, there's going to be some line, lineup changes. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I know that we'll get to that as we go on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a quick getting to know you question for our yeah. listeners here. We've asked everyone uh, already, but how did you get into podcasting and then specifically get into covering the Kings? Well, I've always kind of like been interested in podcasting and thought I would want to do it in some form. And then when Isha and Dylan, of course, the creators of the podcast network approached me for the opportunity, I like, I couldn't say no. What actually happened was for starting like summer 2017 18 and 19 and then it kind of got canceled because of covid in 2020 but summer 17 18 19 i worked uh media relations for the vancouver canadians which is affiliate of the toronto blue jays only minor league baseball team in canada uh like uh, behind hockey like baseball is my sport like i played it throughout university like it was like a dream working for them and during that 2019 season isha and dylan actually approached my boss who's the broadcaster of uh, who was the broadcaster for the Canadians about joining the network. And he wasn't sure if he was going to do it or not, but he recommended I be a part of the network as well. So that's how he gave my info to Dylan and Isha. And they kind of saw me from Twitter as well. They got in contact with me. And then that summer 2019, when they asked me to be a part of the network, I was psyched. I was, yes. I was like, yep, let's do it. And then they were like, okay, you want the Kings or the Stars? I'm like, well, <laughs> the, 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 King, the Kings are going to be more the challenge and they're going to be more fun because I get to see like, it's going to be like a bit of a struggle a bit because they're not going to be that good, but I'm going to see this team up and coming. And now it's like the top prospect pool in hockey. So it's a lot of fun to see the growth of this team. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see the growth growth of this team over the next few years. That's a great way to actually look at that. And like, especially as you were uh, like being asked, right. So like, Mm -hmm. like going between those two teams, I I like that actually. That's, that's good. Yeah. And I was like, the stars, like, I always like think of them as like, are they going to be really good or are they going to fall apart sort of thing? And I'm just like, no, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. I think it's going to be more fun that way. Yeah. I think we're kind of, uh, we're kind of in the same boat here too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've told this story before that we, uh, we weren't ducks fans and initially like, we weren't really sure if we wanted to cover the ducks, but it has been a lot of fun to see the team grow and, um, you know, starting to get heated, you know, when you get a a bad loss and and stuff like that. Mm. just get a kind of develop passion for the team. I've never, oh, I mean, like I, I've obviously developed passion for a team before, but I was, I was a lot younger, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I completely agree. And I've talked about it on the Kings Den as well. Like I've said like Kings fans, I'm a Canucks fan, but I'm talking about the Kings. And it's like, I am invested now. Like I want to see them do well, which is so weird when it's like a rivalry between the Kings and the Canucks like growing up. And especially like 2012 hurt when the Kings, 
eliminated the Cunef in the first round after winning the President's Trophy. And it's like, you guys as well, I know you guys have talked about it being Oilers and Flames fans, respectively. It's like, I, we said it before we started recording. We're just three Western Canadian kids talking about California hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny when you put it that way, honestly. Like, we could yeah, we could easily sure. be sitting here talking about our three Western Canadian teams, but <laughs> yeah, instead absolutely. we're talking about Ducks and Kings. So. Yeah, I'll tell you, and you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks again to Dylan and Nisha. I'll just say it on behalf of the three of us, even, that, yeah, you know, you guys absolutely. gave us this opportunity. It's For myself, it's been a lot of fun, and I've gotten to meet a lot of awesome people like Jordy, oh, like Tom and Rags, and uh, just everybody on this network. It's uh, It's a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we can we can yeah. listen to our teams podcasts on the network too, and not just like hate l- l- the sound of our voices. You know, we can actually enjoy yeah, the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I can listen. Hey, the stick and ring boys are a bit of a shit show sometimes, but they're entertaining to listen to. <laughs> the in the dome guys are so great, and I'd love to be able to hop on their show every now and then. But at the same yeah. time, I don't know if I can match that energy as passionate as I am about the flames <laughs> yeah. those guys can just go off and it's oh yeah for sure yeah absolutely yeah, it's always good but let's uh let's circle back to uh the california yeah. hockey i guess and and let's yeah. talk a little bit about the kings so we got a couple questions for you here uh let's start with maybe well, i don't know if it's maybe an easy one but uh one that you probably have thought a lot about uh, what are the king's biggest strengths this season uh well again the kings are are kind of like the uh, an in-between phase, I guess you kind of want to say. It's like they're growing, but like last year was a struggle. But I think last year was like the year that's, that was like the real struggle to get through. And I think this year is your where, is where you're really going to start to see like climb, this, climb the ladder just a little bit this season and keep getting there and getting there. So honestly, I think the strength or the key part for this season is just growth. And I think there's not a lot of like, I call them stopgap players, like, we have stopgap players, guys that are going to be here for like a season or two. But other than that, like you have a good leadership group to help the young guys on this team. You have guys that have been there that have won cups with this team. You have Kopitar. Kopitar is like third in the league in points right now. You have Kopitar. You have Doughty. You have Brown. You have Carter, who Carter looks like he's reborn so far this season. The, he actually had a huge... Uh, the pandemic actually helped him great because he was coming off injuries and he looked great this season. His line, oh, his line might not be intact Tuesday night either. We'll get to that. But I think the strength of this team is definitely if there's good leadership on this team for the young guys coming up. Yeah, as, as much flack as that Doughty contract gets, at least he's, you know, that good leader and you know he's going to be around for a while to help the young guys out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and that's the other thing. This leadership group is going to be around for a while as well because they're all still locked in yeah sorry nate you got to take yeah, this one uh, uh three uh, on three overtime up here <laughs> yeah all right sounds good so let's look at the uh the other side then here jordy what do you see as the well maybe this is an easier question than the strengths i don't know but what do you see as the weaknesses for this la kings club uh this season at least so far and what we could be seeing for the rest of the season well, at the same time, you have a leadership group. What's the other half of the team? Young guys. Young guys that are learning. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah, they're skilled. But, yeah, they're hungry to be in the NHL. But there are guys that are going to make mistakes. So, again, as long as they limit the mistakes and just kind of getting, again, just get a little better here and there, that's when they're going to have the success. But there is going to be some weaknesses 
in that as as well. And yeah, there are there's you can argue for weaknesses all around the lineup, but I think there is there has been a lot of growth in the lineup as well. But if you had to pick one thing, I'd say the defense can be a bit of a struggle. But even then, I think they're much improved from last season. So it's just kind of like overall, everything's got to get better and better and better as the season goes on. Um, one thing, one kind of question I had, I didn't know if that would really be a strength or a weakness is your goaltending mm-hmm. of, uh, quick and, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Right now? Peterson. Peterson. For some reason I was going to say, uh, Campbell, but you got traded to Toronto last season. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you see that as, I guess, as a strength or a weakness or what or and then I guess follow a question. What do you see happening with Jonathan quick? Let's say in the next two seasons. Well, Okay, I've said this about Jonathan Quick for a, a long, long time. He's been great for the Kings, brought him two cups. He's a great leader for Peterson. I think they're they're going to split the games more 50-50 this season. I think they should anyways, because I think Peterson is the goaltender of the future for this team, and they have other good goaltenders in the pipeline as well. I've said this for months now, maybe even a year now, that Jonathan Quick is going to look real good in Seattle's tracking colors. In a few months. Yeah, I could definitely see that too. So, okay, I, 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 I've said for months, I think Seattle's going to go old. I think their goaltending duo is going to be quick and Holtby. But that's yeah, just Can me. you imagine, mm-hmm. like, as you know, maybe three years ago, even that would have been amazing. Yeah. Of a, of a tandem, right? Just, but even, even gonna, still, like, yeah, that could still Seattle. Yeah. That's what I think, anyways. And I think that's, it is going to hurt LA Kings fans doing that, especially, but like, LA Kings fans were hurt when Foley got traded last year. They got hurt when they were hurt when guys like Kyle Clifford was traded because he was a part of the cup runs and stuff like that. So like it's gonna hurt, but it makes for the future as well. Yeah, sometimes you just have to move on, right? Rick, the Ducks hey, did it just off. two seasons ago with Corey Perry. And I yeah. mean it's I don't know. I, I don't really know actually if that's looked like a great move this season. He is a guy yeah. that we can maybe still use, but yeah. at the same time it's allowed us some cap room gonna- and yeah, he's gonna be like Patrick Marlowe going back to San Jose. He'll go back. Yeah. He'll go back to Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, but no, like if something goes wrong, like if Quick doesn't or if Peterson doesn't have the greatest year, then I think Quick could be back because he still has like a couple years on the contract. But I think if Peterson plays well, I think Quick's in Seattle. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess you you talked about the future. Who are and it could even be some of the leaders as well. Who's the player that you're most hyped to watch this season? Oh, now this is such a tough question because like, <laughs> I want to talk about the prospects that are coming, but like, I don't, but like, we don't know who we're going to see yet. Like, are we going to see Quentin Byfield second overall pick? We don't know yet. Are we going to see the one that sounded most likely to come join the team was Alex Turcott, but he was hurt after the world juniors. There was, this was the second straight year. The Kings had, nine players at the world juniors and four of them four of them came right from the bubble in edmonton down to la but then they didn't get to be a part of training camp until the monday two seasons or two seasons two days before the season started but it was turcott kaliev byfield and uh bornfoot who i've been high on bornfoot for a long time as well but uh turcott didn't even participate because of injury and it was from that gold medal game and that was byfield's first time skating like with the la king because of the weird year that that we're living in (laughs) so like there's like so many prospects that i'm so hyped about but if i had to 
pick like one that's like on the team, I guess, it'd be uh, Gabe Velarde. This this kid can score goals, right-handed shot. This he is fun to watch. He can score goals, but also. I hope because of injuries in the last game, you might see Tobias Bornsett back in the lineup on defense. He has a few games under his belt. I think it's like four. He made the team as 18-year-old last season. I saw it and then played three games. I got sent down, played in the AHL. I really like him a lot. Quieter defenseman. And then uh, Mikey Anderson on the back end is the guy I really like as well. But I had to pick one out of three right now. It's Gabe Blardy because he's had a good start to the season. Where's uh where's he slotted in on the lineup? Uh, actually, I think Daily Faceoff had him third line from what I remember, but is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, he, yeah, he's been playing on the third line. They've kind of been flipping around a little bit, and especially there is going to be a lot of flipping around coming up, I think, for the game against you guys because Kings had two injuries against Minnesota, and they now have uh, two-thirds of one line on a COVID list. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup looks like on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I also, also being an Oilers fan, I wanted to ask you about Andreas Athanasiu and, um, cause it mm-hmm. looks like he had a pretty good start to the season before. He's had before a great start injury. to the season. He's had a great start to the season and the line I've loved that line. So it's been, uh, Blake Lazat in, in at center, who's a small guy. He's my height. He's five, eight, but he's spicy and he's really good in the faceoff circle. He's been centering Athanasiu and Carter. So you kind of have the young guy, the middle of the road guy and the, veteran and like i said carter has looked new so far this season like the playoffs really did him good and they have they've had some chemistry the line like lazat's quick athanasiu is very fast it's unbelievable mm-hmm. and they've they've been finding the back of the net they didn't they didn't have a good game the saturday against st louis but for the most part they've been good but then athanasiu didn't play on thursday because he got put on the covid list and then after the after the game or the next day on friday lazat got put on the covid list so it's going to be I don't know what the lineup's going to look like on, <laughs> on Tuesday. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we've talked uh, quite a bit now about, you know, players that you uh, are hyped to watch and strengths of the team. But every every team seems to have one guy that you always blame everything on, like, oh, bad two-on-one, and then you blame so-and-so. So who's who's the king's scapegoat? Who do you blame everything on? Oh, well, it, non-king fans will say Drew Doughty. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> but the See, at the start of last season, I would say Adrian Kempe. He's a young guy, but then he really figured it out last season. And then he started on the third line this year, but he's made his way back to the top line. And he's been scoring goals. He had goals in three straight games earlier this season. So a scapegoat. That's tough. Oh, you know what? Early in the season this year, it's been uh, Oli Mata. You know, they brought him in for a trade. They really wanted him to do well. Him and Doughty were so excited to play together. And then the first game of the season, I was on with uh, Isha and Dylan on the State of Hoppy live stream for opening night. And State of Hoppy just shit on me saying, holy modest shit, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, no, he's going to be good. He has a cup with Pittsburgh, right? And he's quite decent in Pittsburgh and Chicago. He's going to be good. And State of Hockey was like, no, dude, that guy's garbage. I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> a few games in, he got healthy scratched. So, like, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's on me. But, yeah, hey, he's going to be back in the line on Tuesday. That's going to be his first game back after being healthy scratched for three or four games. So, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he has some fire under his belly going into that game. Might be a bit of a wake-up wake up call for him. And 
Yes, Hopefully he doesn't so. come it's out been, with too much fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for you guys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been a tough start to the season for him. Uh, he's one of these guys, like the Kings have a few this year where it's kind of like maybe just a change of scenery will help them. And he's one of the guys where you th- where I think it will, but it's just been a tough start to the season for him. Fair enough, yeah. Um, okay, last question here. Uh, I mean, we were kind of used to being the – uh, the underdog, I guess, in most of these matchups. So we've been asking guys, uh, uh, what do we need to do to beat, you know, your team, like to even have a chance. But I think that the Kings and the Ducks are going to be a, a pretty even matchup. So, um, but I, so I guess kind of the same question though. How do you how do you think the Ducks? What do you think the Ducks need to do to get the advantage over the Kings? Well, I've been excited for a question like this because I was going to say this no matter what. You know why the Anaheim Ducks will lose on, to the LA Kings on Tuesday night? Because oh, no. we take ten shots a game. <laughs> because because it's the debut of the reverse retros. Uh, the Kings are wearing those for the first time Tuesday night. That's no, why I, I gotta say Tuesday those night. were top three in my list of the, the reverse retros. Gorgeous jerseys. Yeah, they they did they did well on those for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're they're the best by far. But just what do the Ducks need to do to have a chance? I. Use their use speed, I guess. I don't know the Ducks' speed. Like the Kings have speed as well, and I guess I guess I will say for the Ducks, if they want to beat LA, take advantage of of the defense of the Kings because you lost two of your top defensemen on Tuesday night. I really think one's going to be out for sure. Probably both of them are going to be out. Uh, so I guess take advantage of kind of like a and two and the Athens when we'll saw in the COVID list. So I guess. Take advantage of a different looking lineup, I guess, because it's going to be an adjustment for the Kings. Thank God, honestly, that they've had the four days off this early in the season because maybe Walker can be back on the defensive end after getting hurt pretty badly on Thursday night. Roy is going to be out. Uh, Fiala got suspended for the hit on him. But it'll be, I would say, if the Ducks want to win, they just have to take advantage of kind of a shorthanded Kings squad. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, thank you for the answer. Let's hope that they actually follow through with that, though, because we are known for not liking to put up many goals for whatever reason. Yeah, we can have hope. Yeah, like it's it's gonna be interesting. I there's a a chart I saw. I gotta find it quickly. But the Kings and the Ducks are in the exact same spot, and it wasn't for a good reason. I gotta find it quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there was this chart. Maybe I'll I'll there was this chart. I'll send it to you guys to see, and it was. Go, uh, on it was like a chart of goals for per 60 and goals against per 60 but they had the chart as like dull corner good corner bad corner and fun corner so like if you're in the fun corner if you allow a lot of goals but score a lot of goals sort of thing the kings and ducks were both in the bad and dull corner almost right on top of each other not great <laughs> not great so we'll see what happens for sure but no it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting California games are always that everyone always gets up for that so it'll be fun yeah for sure I think we'll see some fire under under a lot of our, our young guys and you know some guys that maybe had slow starts to the season I think this game will will really bring them into the mix for on both mm-hmm. sides so yeah for sure and I, and I will say look out for Kopitar as well like he's had a great year so far for the Kings like he's in the top five in points he's been great for the Kings just putting up this yes he has like two goals on the year he's just putting up the assist and the power play is much improved on the team as well which is greatly needed and a lot of fun to watch 
Cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that kind of wraps up our questions here, but, uh, but if you have any for us, you know, feel free to ask away as well. Well, I guess I can ask you guys kind of the same questions that you asked me, like what are the, you guys said a weakness is to get 10 shots a game, but what is kind of like, what else do you see from this stuff team on the strength and weakness side? It's not showing it right now during the blues game. I don't think I haven't taken a look at the shots against, but, uh, I mean, kind of the go-to, not just for myself and Carter, but I think for a lot of Ducks fans, is our goaltending being that strength. Mm-hmm. And it's normally that consistent piece. It was the entirety of last year. I never really had any complaints about the goaltending. It was just everything in front of them. And that's going on the same thing this year, too. Uh, you take a look at the other night there against Arizona, and John Gibson just needs some help in front, so. <laughs> The the strength is the goaltending, the weakness is the rest of the team so far, and just execution, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Ben Hudden's not helping, is he? No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know one game in, but I'll take my shot a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, the one guy that we did get in was uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, and, you know, that game against Arizona, just he did not look good for whatever reason. That, that was, was without a doubt his worst game of the season. It was a bad really? game. Yeah. Worst game, of this, worst game of the season so far. It could have been the worst game of his career. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it was rough. It was a bad night. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're, we're actually not doing too bad. It's it's 3-1 at the end of the first, so uh, at least we got one there. Uh, shots are 11-9, to nine, so pretty even and not too too many shots. We one goal, so one more goal. That's it. <laughs> we we talked about being in the same spot, the Kings and the Ducks. And when I look at the Ducks roster, it is very much like you have old guys and you have young guys. There's not really many any guys in between, is there? No, no, no. There's not. not. Like uh, you, yeah, have, not. <laughs> you have you have Getzloff and Backus, and then like that's young guys. There are some names that I've never even seen on this roster. The only guy I would say is really that middle guy kind of like maybe right in the middle of his prime would be uh Jakob Silverberg that'd be the okay. only guy mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd mean, throw Lindholm in there as well because he's 27 oh, yeah. I, I was yeah, gonna Lindholm. say Henry because he's 27 or he is uh uh born in uh, 1990 as well same age as Silverberg yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah so like we have a few, guys. but for the for the most part, it's you're right. It's those old guys, and then like the the guys that are in their first or second year in the league. Yeah, yeah, it's just that's the same with the Kings as well. And the Kings, the Kings took some chances on some on, on some guys this offseason as well. And I'm excited to see kind of like kind of what they do. I said I said Oli Mata, the one that kind of had asking to see you, the one that kind of had people eyes kind of poke up a little bit was at the draft when they acquired uh leah sanderson from the rangers this guy's seventh overall and just could not figure it out in new york and he's another guy like i think change of scenery helps him he didn't crack the opening roster but he's in the lineup now he's been playing switching between the third line and the fourth line has a couple goals so like he's another guy that maybe to look out for on the young guys for the la kings mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always shown flashes, uh, at least for Absolutely. me in in New York there. And but yeah, just a change of scenery, I think, will help him a lot, especially uh, too, because they he can fill any role I think, or yeah. any role is open for him on this Kings team. Like, uh, I, absolutely. And I was shocked the other night he scored a he scored a breakaway goal coming right out of the box. And they said the commentator said that's his fourth career goal. And I like how to do a double take for a second. I was oh, like, really? what? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's crazy. I, he, I, I think he's going to score a lot more in a Kings jersey. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes definitely. all the guys need is just a chance, right? Just like a, a good yeah. chance to show what they and can a, do. And, so. and a change of scenery. Like obviously mm. things weren't working in New York. So maybe just yeah. a change of scenery. Is, is he a winger, Anderson? Uh, yeah, he's been playing on the wing. Yeah. I think he can play a little center as well, but he has okay. been playing on the left wing of the fourth line. Yeah, but he was like pretty far down the, the depth chart in New York, like behind Zibanejad, Panarin, yeah. um, Zuccarello was there for a bit. Like yeah. just, a, just a ton of guys. And like, not that the Kings don't have those guys. Like he's obviously behind Kopitar and, and Mike yeah. Carter he, and stuff, but actually, there's a lot more room on the roster. Yeah, he was actually play, he actually played on the third line last game, but then mm. he might get bumped up as well against you guys on Tuesday night because of, again, no Athanasio and Lazat in the yeah. lineup, most likely because of COVID protocol. So, Interesting to see what happens as well. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting for sure. So, um, yeah, do uh, do you have any score predictions for this uh, this one game? I guess. Oh, it's, it, we're recording Saturday night, and like I have no idea what the Kings lineup <laughs> is going to look like. Yeah, <laughs> like what's the change? Oh, we don't care about like... the lineup. We just throw out numbers. That's what we do okay. here. On okay. The I'll say, goaltending has been an issue been kind of not really in it i'll say four three kings okay nate you want to go i'm gonna go four two ducks with the empty netter i just feel like you think you're gonna score four goals well like i said it's gonna be an empty netter but um (laughs) i don't know i just i'm looking at the goaltending matchup more than anything because i think the uh like the forwards in the defense are evenly matched it's gonna come down to goaltending who can pull it off I think this is going to be such a tight matchup. I'm going to call a, a 3-2 Ducks win in overtime. Okay, yeah. I thought I thought about saying overtime mm-hmm. as well. It was, like, fascinating at one point. I think probably – I think it was a week ago. Somehow, some way, the Kings weren't that good, but they still led – they led the division in goals for a day. And I was <laughs> like, there's no there's no way. This isn't right. <laughs> Colorado put up eight in a game. This isn't right. But no, apparently I don't. That's not right anymore. But it was like about a week ago. I was like, "Oh shit! No way! I don't believe that for a second. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Right. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to all the matchups between the Kings and the Ducks this season. I'm doing this a lot this season. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. If if you don't have any more questions for us, then uh, um, and if you do, feel free to ask away. But if not, just uh, feel free to plug your podcast and your social media handles and all that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingston PHPN for the Kingston, or you can find me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. That's Jordy with a Y. Screw the Jordy, it's spelled with I E. It's Jordy with a Y. <laughs> or or uh, Instagram Jordy underscore Cunningham twenty three. Awesome. Well, thanks again yeah. for your time. Um, yeah, looking forward to this matchup on Tuesday, and looking forward to have you on the podcast again. Uh, absolutely, I can't wait, and I'll have you guys on the Kingston as well. For sure. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. There you have it. My conversation with Carter and Nate, the Quack Report boys. It was so much fun joining them, and I'm glad that they allowed me to put the interview on this episode of The King's Den as well for you guys to listen to. So it will be available, of course, it's on this episode of The King's Den, obviously, but it is on this episode of The Quack Report as well. So go check them out as well. They're awesome. Go check them out. And we're going to do it a lot this season. Again, we touched on it eight 
matchups between the two teams, including five in a row. So we're going to be doing a lot of content together. It was a lot of fun. And also, apologies for my audio in that interview. I was trying something different. It didn't quite work out. I, you know, I just wanted to play around and experiment. It didn't work out. So now, for next time, it will, it will be better. I promise you that. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 17 of season 2 of the King's Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, before we let you go, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review not only the King's Den, but every other great podcast here around the Hockey Podcast Network, including the Quack Report, including everyone around the network. Go check them all out. And then also don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the King's Den THPN. Of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy or on Instagram at Jordy underscore Cunningham 23. And of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We couldn't do it. We wouldn't be here. We couldn't do it without Isha and Dylan. So having said that, don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Don't forget to follow it on YouTube. Uh, just search the Hockey Podcast Network or on Facebook. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network or on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content, including After Hours and so much more. So definitely check that out as well. On the next episode, we'll be breaking down the game against the Anaheim Ducks. And then your LA Kings go to Vegas for two games against the Golden Knights. So maybe we'll talk to the Vegas Nightly Boys. We'll definitely figure something out for sure. But get ready for a big week here at the King's Den. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Do something every day to get a little better in life. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you on Thursday for episode 18 of season 2 of the King's Den.